Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hi guys, welcome back to Kindled. I'm your host Haley. Today I have a very interesting and educational interview for you with Ronald Stein, who is an energy and infrastructure expert. So he's going to help us understand exactly uh, how clean energy works, how it doesn't work, and debunk some of the claims that have really circulated and just become common thought, popular uh, popular knowledge in a sense, that actually are not true. So uh, I guarantee you're going to learn some stuff in this episode. I definitely did. Before I give you that conversation, I want to let you know that our sponsors for today are the other announcement that I will let you know about is uh, make sure that you have clicked subscribe on this podcast so that you will get new episodes whenever they come out. Uh, and then also make sure that you have connected with me uh, on whatever social media platforms you're on. I'm most active on Instagram at Haley.Kindled, H-A-L-E-Y.Kindled. My backup account is Kindled.Haley. And then I also have a Facebook page. I am not active on Twitter. I do have a Twitter, but it's just not a very enjoyable place to be. So I don't spend a lot of time on there. But um, yeah, I would love to connect with you outside of the podcast. That's where I hang out and um, engage on these issues throughout the week. So it's a great place for you to ask questions or, um, you know, learn more about these topics. Okay, that is all I have for today. So here's my conversation with Ronald Stein. Ronald, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Glad to be aboard, Haley. So uh, before we get started, I would love for you to tell listeners who you are and what you do. Hi, I am Ronald Stein. I've been a professional engineer for uh, too many decades, and uh, I have started out my career in the energy sector, uh, working with the international engineering companies that have built uh, refineries, chemical plants around the world. So I learned the industry, and it's a very complicated industry. And uh, the last decade or so, I've been focusing on trying to provide energy literacy to folks because I do opt-out articles and books, and I really focus on layman's language so people can understand it and uh, be able to talk about it at the dinner table. And yeah, that's that's what I do. I, like I said, I've written three books and my opt-in articles get exposed to about a half a million people when they get posted. And um, yeah, it's it's fun to try and educate the public. I'm frustrated by our politicians that don't have an understanding of energy, but uh, they're leading our country. Yeah, I mean, understatement of the year, it, it seems that they they don't have an understanding of that which they are in charge of and that which they are uh, 
you know, the policies that they are enacting and, you know, uh, unleashing on our country. So I think it's really timely to have you come on and, and help us understand really what is going on behind the scenes, some of the bigger implications of these policies uh, that are, of course, always couched in the most positive light and, you know, shared as though they are really this moral and upright, you know, path forward. It's the only way for for America is, is um, you know, pursuing clean energy and getting rid of fossil fuels. I mean, we've heard the demonization for decades now. Um, but what I would like to start with, because there's so many ways we could go, but um, how did we find ourselves where we are today? Because everyone knows the gas prices are insane. The, you know, I mean, at, at the pump, people are paying over $100 to fill up their car. No end in sight. We've got inflation. We've got just this a, a ton of things going on, and it's starting to feel a little bit scary. But um, let's start back, perhaps a couple years ago, when we were at a much different place. And could you start by telling us some of the things of you know what what we where we were at just a mere two years ago? I think the confusion started with the Green New Deal. Uh, the Green New Deal was we're going to replace fossil fuels with renewable energy. Now, the misunderstanding there is renewable energy. They're talking about wind, solar, wind and solar power generate electricity, is that the renewables, which is wind and solar, only generate electricity. But when you take a look at the fossil fuels they want to replace, there's three fossil fuels in the categories. There's oil, natural gas, and coal. Coal and natural gas used extensively for generating power. Mm-hmm. You constantly read about coal-fired power plants, natural gas-fired power plants, but oil is never used to generate electricity. Oil is basically useless unless it's manufactured into something usable, and it goes through a manufacturing process, i.e. refineries. They they crack it, they heat it, and they cool it, and they it's a monster process. There's a, a lot of patented uh, procedures of how they process it. But what comes out of a refinery is oil derivatives that make 6,000 products in our daily lives. And it also makes fuel for transportation. Now, I know the Green New Deal, they want to have everything electrified. Well, you can have batteries which don't generate power. All you do is store power. And if they have power, they might be able to move lightweight transportation system, short-range stuff, cars and trucks. But the heavyweight stuff, airlines, cruise ships, the military, Air Force One, I mean, all this big stuff, they need real fuel. And that's what comes out of the refinery. So you get a barrel of crude oil, about half of it is used to make oil derivatives. And the other half is used to make fuels for the heavyweight long-range infrastructure we have. So that 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 was really the beginning of the confusion that renewable energy is going to replace fossil fuels. And that that led us down the path that, okay, we're going to stop fracking, we're going to stop drilling, we're going to stop using oil. And when you start tinkering with a supply chain of oil, which is the feedstock to refineries, now you're tinkering with the products that they make. Mm-hmm. And that and that leads to shortages and 
inflation for the few products that are made, everybody wants them and just drives up the price. So the confusion started with the Green New Deal. Like I say, electricity, breezes and sunshine cannot replace fossil fuels, the oil part of it. Right. Okay. So the three sources of energy are just to to recap uh oil, natural gas, and coal. And let me the- let me let me let me even simplify it further. Okay. We we had a decarbonized world. Back in the 1800s, there were no coal-fired power plants. There were no natural gas power plants. We hadn't discovered oil yet. But when you look at the 1800s, life was short. People didn't live past 30. They never traveled 100 miles from where they were born. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, weather-related deaths. And, you know, before 1800, we had no medical industry industry. We had no electronics, no communications. All that came after we discovered oil. Mm -hmm. And if you want to go back before oil, we were already there in the 1800s. And I'm not sure people want to live that route. The developing countries that we talk about in in the book, Clean Energy Exploitations, most of the developing countries are living in the 1800s. They don't have electricity. They don't have any of the medical products we have. And uh, their life, you know, most people in the world, there's like 80% of the world, there's like 6 billion people, they're living on less than $10 a day. Mm-hmm. They can't afford to subsidize themselves out of a paper bag. Right. So we, we know what a decarbonized world looks like. Um, and uh, personally, I really don't want to go back there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and that's, that's part of what is so... Um frustrating as you put it you know lightly about these policies is it's not as though we are does anyone believe that we're actually going to see the president if if joe biden is president and we achieve a hundred like his desire which is which i mean I, i know that's not likely to happen in the next three years but if if let's say we were completely dependent on clean energy do we really believe they're going to stop running air force one do we really believe the military is not going to still use um, you know, the, the gas powered vehicles that they need to protect the nation. It just doesn't quite make sense to me how really it's just rules for the, not for me uh, again. Correct. Correct. You got to come up with a clone or replacement for oil before you get rid of it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like jumping out of an airplane without a parachute. You want to make sure the parachute's working before you jump out of the airplane. Mm-hmm. And We've had over 100 years to come up with a replacement for oil because, you know, it's not just grounding Air Force One. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, this communication we're having today is not going to work. You know, the piece of plastic you're drinking your liquid Mm -hmm. out of, that doesn't exist without oil derivatives. Mm -hmm. You know, take a look in your office, uh, you know, your home. Uh, You know, I I get amazed when I go into a hospital. 100% of what you see in a hospital it's made with oil derivatives. Mm-hmm. All medications are made with oil derivatives. It's, wow. it's kind of yeah. like what isn't made with oil derivatives. So, mm-hmm. you know, you could have electricity, but, you know, if you go back in time, back to the 1900s, that's when everything changed. We discovered oil, and once we discovered oil, we found ways to heat it and crack it and that type of process through refineries and get mm-hmm. different derivatives. But Everything changed in 1900. Before that, we had nothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
yeah, like I say, we have a medical industry today that we never had before. So why? So so why why the Green New Deal? I mean, it why does why does AOC or Kamala Harris or Joe Biden or Jen Psaki, why why are they so sold that this is the way forward? They the way forward is backward, really. Why why is that they they're seeing it through these rose colored glasses. Do you really believe they are just uneducated and uninformed or is there more behind that? No, I think it's uneducated, but they have the microphone and, you know, they're high profile people. The press, as we know, uh, they really don't critique what is said. They just Mm -hmm. transcribe what is said. So when they've got the microphone, they can say anything they want. And that's what you read about in the paper. If you go back to the 1900s, you know, electricity was discovered after, let me repeat the word, after oil, because all the pieces and parts and products that make electricity are made with oil derivatives, Hmm. wind turbines, solar panels. All the parts that make wind turbine solar panels are made with oil derivatives. So you get rid of oil, and you basically have gotten rid of your wind turbines and solar panels. There's no way to make them. Mm-hmm. What's an example of a, an oil derivative for us? Um, plastics. I mean, everything. Yeah, plastics. Uh, your iPhone, like the electricity can charge your iPhone. Mm-hmm. Can't make your iPhone. Electricity can run the defibrillator in the hospital, mm-hmm. but it can't make the defibrillator. Right. Take the Tesla, the electric vehicle. It's 100% made with oil derivatives, all the plastic parts. Mm -hmm. So you get rid of oil, and you've gotten rid of the EV industry. Mm -hmm. And you get rid of the wind turbines, you get rid of solar panels, and we're back to the 1800s. Right. So they're not necessarily seeking to – I've heard quotes from – um, I can't remember her name, uh, someone in the administration, Biden, Biden's administration, who said we the goal is for fossil fuel companies to go out of business. But that's that obviously like if what you're saying is true, then we couldn't have them go out of, out of business and still even have electric cars. Right. Does if she understand business, that? No. OK, no. if we went out of business, we would be exactly like the people are in Africa. Right. And um, it, it's like say it would be atrocious. Yeah, because. You know, there, there's no silver bullet answer to the question mm-hmm. because people talk about uh, global warming or climate change. Well, we know the climate has been changing for 4 billion years and people have been able to adapt. And I know, you know, I, I deal with the Environmental Protection Agency, the Air Quality Management District, and they're concerned about, you know, half a dozen kids are going to have an asthma attack, you know, in the backyard of the refinery or something. And... But they're not concerned about, in the developing countries, there's 11 million kids dying every year. Haley, that's 11 million kids dying every year. They have no concern about that. Why? And why because, are these kids dying? Because they're dying. They have no access to the medical that we have access to. Okay, they're dying yeah. from diarrhea, diphtheria, you know, and pneumonia, right. everything preventable mm-hmm. if they had the medical that we have. So they're right. Like you say, they're a different world. And yeah, that, that's the frustrating part. The privilege yeah. of of not understanding, right? They they have the privilege of of um, 
seeing those six kids, like you said, they're worried about dying of an asthma attack, which it's like, we're not discrediting that there are risks potentially with any of these technologies, but they're also not being honest about what would happen if we got rid of those technologies and all the deaths that would come from that. And clearly that's obviously the riskier path forward, obviously. I mean, because again, it's a path backwards. We know that we've never had better medical care in the history of this country or the world. And it's due largely in part to what you're describing right now with the way that we've been able to um, you know, create these derivatives and advance all of these technologies because of oil. Correct. In the healthy and wealthy countries, we basically control weather. We can live in frigid climates. We can live in hot climates because we got air conditioning and heating. Um, and air conditioning and heating, again, all the components are plastics, et cetera, et cetera, made with oil derivatives. And so, you know, it's the weather-related deaths have pretty much gone to, to zilch from what they were in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really true. Life is busy enough without having to figure out what's for dinner. Lacey Baumiller with the 5-Minute Meal will teach you a simple weekly meal planning system that will simplify mealtime, save you from the overwhelm of wondering what to make for dinner every night, and help you prepare nutritious meals that will move the needle on your health goals. Plus, your entire family will love them. No more last-minute takeout that's going to sabotage your weight loss efforts. No more making separate meals for yourself. You can actually sit down and enjoy a hot meal with your family. The 5-Minute Meal teaches you the foundation of healthy nutrition and gives you a simple meal plan that will help you have dinner on the table in minutes, recipes, shopping lists, and a step-by-step process to make all of it happen. Grab your free download from Lacey at LaceyBaumiller.com. That's L-A-C-I. B-A-U Miller.com. And for anyone who downloads the five minute meal, you will also get a free 15 minute pantry audit where Lacey will teach you how to stock your pantry to make this process effortless. Check it all out at LaceyBaumiller.com. So where were we two years ago? You wrote an article just yesterday that I was um, reading this morning that you were talking about um, all of the ways that we were in such a different place only two years ago. So could you give us just a brief overview of, of where we were to kind of contrast with where we are now? Yeah, a couple of years ago, we were uh, fracking, which is a way of uh, getting the oil out of the uh, dirt. And we were drilling and uh, we were basically producing a lot of oil here. And the imports had gone down. So we were generating so much oil, we were exporting it. And then when Biden came in, he stopped everything. I mean, that was, he said, we're going to get rid of fossil fuels. And my concern was the one fossil fuel he was talking about, oil, because he had no replacement for it. Mm -hmm. And he, he killed the Keystone Pipeline. He put an end to fracking and end to oil permits. And then um, if you remember when the Russians hacked that pipeline on the East Coast, <clears throat> I said to myself, that's the greatest thing that's happened to America because Biden wanted to get rid of oil. He just did. <laughs> mm. And it shut down the East Coast. And then what does he do? He picks up the phone. He calls OPEC. He says, open the valves. Well, the Keystone Pipeline was going to bring more than 800 800,000 barrels of oil to America from Canada. Now, he didn't want that. 
So you know where that oil is going? It's being shipped by train, and it takes about, uh, I think, 10 trains of 100 cars each, and they're shipping it from you know, mid-central Canada to the West Coast, being loaded on ships. Net oil is being sent to the next buyer, China. Mm. China's buying the oil. Wow. And it's, like I say, it, it, it's crazy. That's just we, insane. Yeah. So, yeah, we've, um, we were independent, and uh, now we're totally dependent. In, in fact, it's, it's really symbolic of what California is. California is different from the rest of the country. We are isolated from the United States. In fact, California, with our 40 million residents, we're an ener- energy island. We have the Sierra Mountains that separate us from America. So when America was exporting oil, California had zero access to that because there was no pipelines over the Sierra Mountains. The only way to get that oil from the Midwest to California was to send it through the Panama Canal, which is more expensive. It's easier to get it from Saudi Arabia, 25,000 miles away. And so um, in California, you know, Biden wants to clone California for the rest of the country. California is the only state in the country that imports oil. In 95, we had a lot of oil production in state and a lot of Alaska oil coming down. And we only needed 5% from foreign countries back in 95. Today, that 5% has grown to 58%, depending on foreign countries. And I think uh, almost half of it's coming from Saudi Arabia, 25,000 miles away. And the maritime transportation is the biggest polluter in the world mm. one ship wow. going tw- going you know twenty five thousand mile round trip pollutes uh i think it's like 25 percent of california's transportation infrastructure on one trip so the guise of clean energy i mean it's just that it's it's a ruse it's it's a, obviously a misnomer because it's not clean at all <laughs> well I, you're right it's, it's not clean but i wish they would not use the word energy and just talk about uh, electricity okay yeah because they're they're relying on wind and solar right and i i don't even i don't even use wind and solar i use the term breezes and sunshine yeah. <laughs> so but yeah More they're accurate, totally relying though. yeah yeah that's right they're totally relying on breezing sunshine for electricity. But they keep talking about energy. It's not really energy because, Mm -hmm. you know, they're including oil in that mix and they really should exclude oil until they come up with a clone. I'm all for getting rid of oil, but show me your your replacement because I'm I'm not going to turn in my iPad or my iPhone. Right. Yeah. So, I mean... A lot of the the reason we were in such a better place was obviously the Trump administration's policies. Um, you know, one thing that you mentioned in your article, uh, which just puts this in perspective, that the average American family saved twenty five hundred a year in lower electric bills and lower prices at the gas pump. Um, you know, that's that's substantial. You know, over the course of a year, that's a couple hundred dollars a month that. People were saving on on those, you know, daily expenses. Um, obviously, we had the we, we he had approved the Keystone Pipeline and Dakota Access Pipelines, and 
the policies were so much different. And yet, wasn't it on Biden's first day, just within a few hours, he closed the Keystone Pipeline? Is that correct? Right. He, he, he ran on that principle of yeah. shutting down everything, and he did. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, like you say, we're, we're paying the price for it right now. So that's that's my next question is, you know, I, I'm not sure if you watch Jen Psaki's news conferences. I mean, it's just a terrible waste of time. But she does, you know, field some questions about the, the gas prices we're seeing. And obviously, Biden has spoken to that a little bit. And he has said, look, you know, we're going to see the cost of Russia's foreign policy. And, and of course, they're blaming all of this on Russia. Is that accurate that Russia bears the brunt of the responsibility for our gas prices right now? No. No, it's it's totally Biden. I mean, he's he's tinkering with the uh, supply chain. The fact that we were we were importing, I think, five percent of our oil from uh, Russia. In fact, uh, you know, Biden was really excited about we're going to put a big pain in in Russia by not taking their oil. But America is Russia's smallest client. They send the least amount of oil to America. And like I say, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like the, you know, the basketball player is getting his $20 million salary and says a nasty word and gets fined a thousand dollars. He's getting paid $20 million. Right. What's a thousand dollar fine going to do it on? He doesn't care. Yeah. It's not an incentive. Right. Yeah. Right. Wow. So who are their bigger clients of China? Uh, Europe. Europe. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think they probably almost half the power to, uh, to Germany, mm-hmm. natural gas and oil. Well, Putin's—he's a, a historian of uh, World Wars One and Two. He knows, and China knows. The country that controls minerals, natural gas, and oil control the world. We would World Wars One and Two because we had access to more oil than our competitors did. You know, plus you know some intelligence too. But mm-hmm. um, you, you can't. You know, take a look at all those tanks and ships. I mean, it takes a lot of fuel to move that stuff. And uh, the logistics of supply fuel to it is it's amazing. Um, you know, when I started doing this energy literacy uh, articles and books a decade ago, you know, when I travel, I, I, I look back and the size of that plane is, my God, that's big. You're going to get this off the, off the ground, <laughs> you know? Or if you go on a cruise ship, take a step back. That is a big sucker. <laughs> You're mm-hmm. going to get the thing to That's move. Insane. Yeah. And uh, it, it does. It takes a lot of power. And uh, that all comes from fossil fuels. And like, like I say, the world's changed since 1900. You know, today we have, I think there's uh, like 50,000 jets for the military, commercial, private. And, uh, and none of those jets are electric powered. Uh, you take a look at uh, merchant ships that are moving products all over the world. And, you know, the population of the world is around one billion for thousands of years. It never really changed much. And then around mid 1800s, it ballooned from one million to eight billion because of fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. You know, fertilizers are basically uh, made with uh, natural gas which allowed us to pretty much feed the world. Now we got merchant ships to take food and products all over the world. You can grow something in this country and move it to, to that country. Um, without the merchant ships, that ain't going to happen. Again, you're back to the 1800s. You know, and 
it's a it's a, it's a different world. And you know, today we got a thing of 1.4 billion vehicles on the road. And again, they're all made with oil derivatives. Forget about if it's an EV battery or a gasoline engine, they're made with oil derivatives. So the thing I just keep going back to is, is it really just lack of understanding, lack of intelligence, just idiocy, pure idiocy that that someone, I mean, he has an energy secretary, he has an entire team working on this. Are you telling me they don't understand the most foundational principle that you're describing and you're kind of laying out for us? All these things would go away without oil. All of all of these, the ability to ship things around the world, the ability to produce all these derivatives that we use in our everyday lives. Do, does no one understand that? Or do you think that there could be some uh, malfeasance there and some ill will and ill intent to actually, you know... Um, destroy the American way of life and, and America as a country and as the world's greatest power? I think it's a total misunderstanding okay. um, because, like I say, they, they just equate renewables to energy, and that you can't do. Renewables can only generate electricity if they do. And you have the wind and solar that can you know make electricity. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we have yet to find a replacement for oil. How are we going to, how are you going to make the, you know, the electronics and the plastics? How are you going to support the medical industry? You know, I, I look at things totally differently when I, you know, like say when I go into a hospital or go into a, a cruise ship or go into an airplane, you know, I'm looking around, it's like, wow, you know, it, it's all made with oil derivatives. It's not made by solar panels. Mm-hmm. It's not made by wind turbines. Right. Those things, so that that's kind of a way to think about it. Those things can only charge or power things that already exist. They cannot create right. things. They cannot create. They, go, they generate electricity. They can make a motor operate, mm-hmm. but they can't make the motor. Right. Okay. So what are some of the other unintended consequences of, you know, Biden attempting to rid America of, um, and, and the world uh, ultimately of crude oil that we're realizing right now? I mean, Gas prices are one. Are there any others yet, or are there are there others that we should expect to see in the near future? Well, I think they're basically thinking that the transportation industry is provides a lot of pollution, and uh, their main goal is greenhouse gases to get them down to zero. And their only solution is get rid of fossil fuels. But like I say, I'm I'm all for that if you had an alternative. Um, like I say, I mean, there's this totally misconception. There's misconception about nuclear, you know, how how dangerous it is. Do you know how many people have died in America from nuclear incidents from its inception, like 30, 40 years ago? Mm-mm. None. Really? Zero. Wow. Zero deaths in America. Wow. And I think internationally there's like 20. Wow. But you know, the the rich and wealthy countries are the only ones that want to go green. Uh, Germany was the first country to go green. Today, they have the highest cost of electricity in the world. Australia was the second to go green. They got the second highest cost. California, we're right behind them because, you know, breezes and sunshine, they just don't operate when you need them to operate. Yeah, a little, a little unreliable. 
Yeah, you can't depend on them. In fact, in the UK, they have a lot of wind turbines and uh, wind took a two week vacation. <laughs> it wasn't blowing. And so they, wow. they're really hurting. So no, it's uh, that I would just appreciate if they would not talk about renewable energy and just talk about renewable electricity, because that's all it is. You should let them know that because I don't think that they quite have the um, intelligence to understand what they are even saying. Haley, I, I, when I give presentations on energy literacy, I like to have a conversation. I don't like to make a speech because mm-hmm. I, I, get, I can talk about things that people may not want to hear about. So what I do, I've got like 20 open-ended questions and I share that with the audience and I have them ask me you know, if they want to know about EVs or if they want to know about wind turbines, you know, whatever direction, because energy goes in so many different directions. But I want to talk about what they want to learn about. I would love to have a conversation with AOC. Mm-hmm. She won't take my call. <laughs> so have you really tried? Uh, I figured it'd be a waste of time. <laughs> I, oh. I've tweeted her. She hasn't replied to that. You're our only hope. You have to try again. (laughs) Um, I mean, yeah, you'd certainly be taking a bullet for the team, though, because that is uh, that does not sound like a fun conversation to have. There would need to be a lot of education, right, to even be able to have that conversation. It sounds like just because there's so much that is is misunderstood by by her and so many others. Um, And I can understand. I mean, it's like I'm I'm not an expert, but at the same time, I'm also not proposing that we change the system and that we break down the entire world's energy economy, you know? Like I say, there's no silver bullet answers because, you know, if, you know, humans have a great ability to adapt, uh, we're improving efficiencies, we're improving the liability. Um, you know, when you take a look at the automobile, it was a smoker. They got, you know, five miles to a gallon when they first came out. You know, now cars are getting, you know, 40 miles to a gallon. And uh, refineries used to be smokers. But with technology, they've got a way to, you know, control the emissions. And, you know, we we pretty adept at doing adaptation to climate. And, yeah, you know, some people are going to, you know, probably face fatalities from uh, the climate change. But I look at it. You know, you may have some that are going to be dying from climate change, but to close your eyes and say, well, it's okay for these 11 million kids to die. They don't mean anything. I mean, that's that's atrocious. I mean, and, I'm, not, I'm not personally sold on climate change in that, in, in the capacity that they talk about it. So, right, right. That, that, right. That's if you even believe that it's right, that it's happening. Well, when you take a look at the healthy and wealthy countries, now we're talking about a small number of people. We're talking about United States, Australia, Germany, the UK. Um, take a look at America. We represent 4% of the world. And we're going to change the whole world. Yeah. It can happen. But you can take, um, you know, the United States, Germany, UK, Australia. Collectively, they're about 7% of the world. And you could eliminate them, race them off the face of the earth. Every person, every manufacturing, anybody that produces an emission, get rid of it. And you know what will happen? Emissions are going to explode because China and India and Africa are building coal-fired power plants. Because, like I said, if people are poor, they need electricity. 
coal is abundant, it's reliable, it's inexpensive. And China and India, they're building like 600 coal-fired power plants. Africa will be building like 1,200 coal-fired power plants. And they're, like I say, the emissions are going to be exploding. You know, I, I take a look at, you know, in California, Newsom, he, he wants to keep reducing oil exploration in California. But the demand is, is not going. People are not being right. mandated to change the demand. Right. You're not being mandated to turn in your iPhone and that type of thing. And so, not yet, anyway. <laughs> that's right. So the crude oil demands keep increasing. So if you reduce in-state production, you just increase imports from foreign countries. And you know this this going green. Uh, you know to go green, all the exotic minerals and metals are controlled by China. China so talk about Africa. that. Yeah. What what are the what do the exotic minerals and metals have to do with going green? Because to go green, like a lithium battery, you need lithium and uh, I, you know, lithium cadmium, and uh, those are coming from China. And you know the solar panels all made with the are the uh, minerals and metals that China controls. Mm-hmm. We discovered Afghanistan had billions of dollars of uh, lithium. China's got that under contract. They're going to run that for the Afghanis. Our next sponsor is Cornerstone Curriculum. Cornerstone Curriculum helps you teach your student a biblical worldview and the Bible's answers to today's biggest cultural issues. Cornerstone offers all sorts of curriculum and options for your students of every age, and they have everything from Bible studies to complete high school curriculum, starting points, their worldviews primer. Um, I mean, they really have resources for every age. I can speak from experience that I did learn what I believed and why I believed it through Cornerstone's curriculum myself. I did their four-year worldviews of the Western world complete high school curriculum. Um, It's how I have such a strong foundation in the formation of our nation's history, our founding documents, how I understood uh, why the founding fathers came to the conclusions they did about the nature of man and why they wrote these documents the way they did. And not just that, I, I was given a biblical worldview on every topic under the sun. What I will also add is that although they did teach me what was true in this curriculum, I also gained critical thinking skills that when I was confronted later in life as an adult and going to a public university on a large liberal campus, uh, I was, I was equipped with the ability to think critically about the ideas that I was presented with and introduced to. And I recognize them as false and as a lie. And I didn't come away from KU, one of the most liberal schools in the country, uh, a liberal. I actually was just further cemented in what I believed because I knew where these ideas came from. I hadn't just been merely told, this is true, don't question it. I had been forced to actually question it for years. And so that is why I'm so solid and so um, just content in what I believe, because I've already investigated these questions from the age of a high schooler. So I truly cannot encourage you enough to check out their website and um, order some materials for your students uh, wherever they go to school. There is something for you at Cornerstone Curriculum. Uh, Use the coupon code KINDLED for 5% off cornerstonecurriculum.com and that leads to that leads to human rights abuses which you talk about in, in exploitations you talk about totally, in your book totally. um and and i haven't even mentioned yet 
since we started recording that you wrote a book, uh, Clean Energy Exploitations, Helping Citizens Understand the Environmental and Humanity Abuses that Support Clean Energy. That's actually up a nominee for the 2022 Pulitzer Prize competition, which is incredible. Um, Yeah, that is exciting. So you you are an expert on that topic as well, understanding and and um, I would love for you to kind of give us some give us some idea of like what that looks like. What are some of the human rights um, exploitations that exist in those countries with rare minerals and uh, and metals? The the like you say the fact that these developing countries have no environmental controls, no labor controls. A lot of this stuff is being mined by kids by hand. And the environmental degradation, mining is a dirty operation. You, you thought coal was a dirty operation. Lithium and cadmium, those are terrible. They're atrocious. They, they basically uh, kill you know, water supplies. And, uh, and you know, once they've destroyed the land, well, they just go to the next site. And so it's the environmental. I'm just appalled that the environmentalists have not spoken up. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, all the environmental degradation going on around the world seems to be okay because it's not in my backyard. Right. It's over there. It's out of, right. It's over out of sight. And yeah, that's uh, it, it's really atrocious that we're allowing that to happen. I mean, that's why we wrote the book, and um, you know, we're trying to make it transparent to the world that there's. Mm-hmm. There's no clean answer. And you say, well, well, we're going to mine for the stuff in the United States. Oh, you're not. You're not going to get a permit. No environmentalist is going to allow a lithium mine to be in their backyard. It's not going to happen. And if it did, then you're going to have to meet environmental laws, labor laws, and with the labor rates we have. And so the cost of lithium is going to go skyrocketing, which means your lithium battery and your Tesla is going to go up. And, you know, the Tesla, you know, the Tesla has a thousand pound battery. That's what the EV battery is. Mm-hmm. You, you've seen, you know, Biden driving around in the Ford 150, the greatest selling truck in the history of the world. All excited that Ford 150's got an EV. Well, that battery is 1,600 pounds. Weighs a little bit more than your, your, your battery you put in your, uh, your flashlight. And even uh, Hummer, Hummer's got an EV. <laughs> you know the battery weighs in the hum in the Hummer fifty six hundred pounds. And as it's you're a ten thousand descri- pound tank. And as you're describing that, you know those are considered clean or renewable energy, but the the dirtiness and the filth that is required to you know both the moral and the physical filth that is required to produce those, it's not really clean. It's not really. You know, if you think about the human lives that are being cost, the little children that are digging in those mines or that are running around barefoot to collect whatever minerals they're collecting in Asia, I mean, that's not, that life is not renewable. The life that is taken because of, you know, either exposure to something that's uh, unsafe or just straight up, you know, being injured or killed in that process, that's not a renewable life source right i mean those are fixed things that we are just we are paying quick quick comical story i was playing golf a month ago and three of the guys in my foursome all had evs and they're really you know happy about the evs they had and uh, they said what do you have i said well i don't have an ev and i would never buy one 
They said, well, 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 why not? You know, I says for ethical reasons. Mm. And they said, what do you mean by that? I said, I know where the battery came from. Mm. And yeah, I would like to have little stickers to go on Teslas. I've got a dirty battery <laughs> because I, I know where that lithium and lithium ion battery came from. And uh, yeah, it, it's just atrocious. And we just close our eyes to it because it's not happening here. Right. And I mean, you know, California, we're we're in a different planet on the West Coast here. And uh, Newsom's the same way. You know, he, he's, he wants to have a clean California. He doesn't care what's happening outside the boundaries of California. Mm-hmm. And if it's, you know, degradation on mining or humanity atrocities or in the case of importing crude oil from, you know, Saudi Arabia, 25,000 miles round trip, um, those emissions don't count because he doesn't breathe anything outside of California. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he breathes California air. Right. And um, yeah, it's it's a it's a really narrow focus, and it's uh, we're just trying to expose it. And like I say, whenever I have a conversation on energy literacy, I just like to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't want to dominate and speak for an hour. I want to hear what the audience wants to know about, or if they've got a question, you know, ask it. And you know, and usually my answer will generate more questions and. It, it's 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 better than a presentation. Um, well, when, I, I when do Biden... have to I do have to admit that I would like to see you dominate AOC, though. I would I would really personally <laughs> enjoy that. I would I would like to see her be dominated in the conversation because she acts like she has such command of everything she says, but she clearly has no clue what she's talking about. So, but, if, um, if, you, if you make that happen, yeah. let me know, please. I'd like to buy a okay, front row I'll... seat. <laughs> I'll do that. Um, yeah. Any anything else that you know? Uh, it, this is kind of a bleak. It feels very bleak right now. Like where we're at with gas prices, the policies of this administration, if they really are able to achieve what they say they're going to achieve, which is destroying, is that actually possible? Are they going to be able to put these fossil fuel companies and um, oil companies? Are they going to be able to put them out of business? You, do you think in the next three years, like they have their 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 time, their clock is ticking. Well, Haley, I I don't like what the Democrats are doing. Uh, I think they're doing a lot of harm to the economy. Um, in a way, I'm kind of hoping they keep doing what they're doing because they're doing, I think, irreparable harm to the Democratic Party. Yeah. I just hope they don't go to the point of doing irreparable harm to our infrastructure. Right. Because if it goes to the point that you cut off the supply chain of crude oil. Like I said, there's no need for a refinery if there's no crude oil coming in. And if you shut down the refinery, that's irreparable harm. That's going to be shortages and inflation forever. And uh, that's, uh, yeah, that, that's the thing that I'm, I'm probably most feared of because mm-hmm. they, they can do what they want. And uh, I'd like to say, I, when Biden gave his State of the Union speech, I want to ask a lot of questions, <laughs> which I couldn't. But uh, no, it's uh, like I say, they have they have no no alternative plan. And the confusion is they keep talking about renewable energy is going to replace fossil fuels, and it's not. They're only talking about renewable electricity. And electricity is useless unless you got something like an iPhone or an iPad or a motor, you know, to 
-hmm. to run and you can't have those unless you have the oil derivatives and like say we've had uh, about 150 years to come up with a clone and we haven't and it's like say the you know civilization is we we've grown and we prospered and i i think uh the humans are pretty intelligent people and we can adapt to anything mm-hmm. yeah but uh but cutting off cutting off the oil with you know like I say jumping out of a airplane par- without a parachute is not the solution the final sponsor of today is my business h williams creative where i help small businesses with their wordpress websites graphic design needs and logo design Anything you need in terms of your brand online showing up more beautifully, more professionally, and creating a website that actually helps build your business, drive new leads into your funnel, I can help you with that. So get in touch with me at hwilliamscreative.com or you can email me at h-a-l-e-y at hwilliamscreative.com. What would you encourage listeners um, to to do with this this information if it's newfound information? Like, what's the most impactful thing that we as citizens can do? I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, of course, for me is always voting, obviously. But um, beyond that, is there anything else that you encourage people to kind of take action into their own hands um, in any way, whether that's sharing with others or um, you know educating people? What what? What do you say? From I encourage them to become energy literate so they can talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, my website is energyliteracy.net, energyliteracy.net. Um, go in there. My, my books are there. The clean energy exploitation is there. All the opt-eds are there. You can basically, you know, send me an email. I'll put you on the list. And because all my opt-eds are all geared toward energy literacy and I just want everybody to be able to sit down at the dinner table mm-hmm. and talk about energy, you know, like we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't inject formulas and, you know, all these, you know, carbon factors and all this good stuff. I mean, it's, it's in layman's terms. And mm-hmm. I, I basically bring it down to the kitchen table language. And if they can talk about it and if, if they have a better understanding, then, you know, let them make the decision. And just like with with AOC, I mean, if she's happy with 11 million kids dying because they don't have access to what we have, hey, I'm fine with that. If she's fine with it, I'm fine with it. But I want her to know because, you know, by depriving, if we get rid of oil here, we're going back to the 1800s. And the people in developing countries, they'll never come out of the, they've yet to join the Industrial Revolution. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to put food on a table for, for one meal, that, that's a day's work. Yeah. They and don't have so, any interest in, in this, you know, this farce of higher moral, you know, uh, moral pursuits of clean energy. I mean, because that's what it's always couched in. It's always kind of, you know, it's like sunshines and rainbows and butterflies. And we just have clean, reno- renewable energy. And we're not putting any pollution into the world as though that's possible. Like they, like you said, they're the ones building 1200 coal fired uh, power plants. And so in what world are they going to be interested? They're like, no, bro, we we're coming out of that. We're trying to actually advance. So no, we're not really interested in your, um, you know, do-gooding in a sense. Right. If, if the developing countries had what we have access to the medical type industry, 
you know, most of those 11 million fatalities would probably go away. Mm-hmm. And um, like I say, it's, uh, I, I think, yes, people will definitely prosper. And, um, you know, the world's, uh, like I said, we're a pretty populated world right now, you know, more than one day billion. And, uh, you know, ironically, you need all these merchant ships to move all the products around the world to f- keep feeding them. Because mm-hmm. as soon as you get rid of oil, you're going to get rid of the merchant ships, and yeah. there'll be no way to get the products from that country to that country. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it just balloons out of sight. So there's, like I say, I definitely energyliteracy.net would be the first step. And uh, mm-hmm. like I say, my opt-ed articles go out at least on a weekly basis, and and they posted by numerous social media sites and they get exposed to about half a million people mm-hmm. and uh, just to become more energy literate. Yeah. And, you know, so when you do go to the polls, you know, if, if AOC is saying, well, we're going to get rid of oil, well, you might have a little bit more knowledge. Well, that's not the person I want in office, you know? Right. And so, right. But so, yeah, like say, so uh, other than that, I mean, maybe it, it sounds like we all need to be buying cows, chickens, and planting gardens because you know if these royal refineries <laughs> go away, like where are we going to get our food? Building. Well, that's how that's how it was before. People pretty much grew their own food. Right. You, know, you never traveled. Uh, you had no way to travel 100, 200 miles from where you were born. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, like say they they want to. This net zero, you know, decarbonization, mm-hmm. we want to lower it, but I think we want to do it through uh, efficiencies and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, conservation. Yeah. And, you know, like you say, you, you, just like, you know, to become, you know, lean and mean, you want to eat intelligently. Well, you don't want to waste it. Um, yeah, because there is a limited supply. Ironically, they keep talking about, well, there's a limited supply of oil. Haley, there's probably not enough lithium in the world to build a billion batteries. Right. And so there's more of a limited supply of the minerals and metals mm-hmm. than there is oil. So we have a better chance of surviving with oil. And and, and basically, oil provides everything else. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. all, the, all the asphalt on the roads is made with oil. You get rid of oil, well, there goes your roads. Mm-hmm. And it, it just goes on and on and on. And um, like I say, I, I would really love the politician to stop talking about renewable energy and just talk about renewable elect- electricity. Yeah. That, I mean, that, if, they're, if they're for wind and solar and they're going to subsidize wind and solar, they're subsidizing electricity. Mm-hmm. And keep electricity separate mm-hmm. from oil until they have a replacement for oil. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And well, Ronald, thank you so much for your time today and helping explain all of this to us. I feel a lot more educated already. Um, so I, you know, I could definitely have that conversation with AOC today and I would confidently um, approach her and, and say, you know what, listen, listen, lady, there's a few things you don't understand. Um, so maybe if we both tweet blast her, uh, we can get some traction. Um, so. Yeah. So, well, thank you so much. And where can people find your book? Uh, you, you mentioned your website, energyliteracy.net. Is that the best place yeah. to connect with you? Right. And all three books are there. All three books are on uh, Amazon, uh, Clean Energy Exploitation, just a click and a purchase. Interestingly, the, the cover photo is 
the scene from Africa. Mm. The guy with the AK-7 overseeing a family mining for this stuff. Because, like I say, these are blood minerals. And uh, it's, we're like I say, we're just trying to expose. And if people are a little bit more energy literate, they would be, I guess, in a better position to say, you know, we agree with that concept. We don't agree with that concept. Yeah, and well, again, thank you so much. It's been really informative and helpful. And uh, I hope everyone feels a little better equipped. And uh, we'll make sure and link your website in the show notes for people so they can find that easily. All right, guys. Well, that's all I have for you today. I hope you have a great rest of your week. Uh, join us inside Firestarters, my community over on Locals, which is an app where you can get extra episodes every Friday. 